White House has sprung yet another leak, and the president is furious. Plus, the former CIA director makes a startling claim about Putin and POTUS, and a porn star, a playmate, and a reality show contestant all take aim at Trump. This is State of America Tonight. I had a uh, call with President Putin. President's National Security Advisors clearly said, do not congratulate. And congratulated him on the victory. By congratulating Mr. Putin, it gives a green light to, to his propaganda. The president is not happy. He is fuming, he's furious, and he is demanding answers. No, I don't like he did it, but you know what I like even less? That there's somebody close to him leaking this stuff out. A porn star, a playmate, and an apprentice contestant all fighting to break their silence about alleged affairs and sexual harassment involving President Trump. You're going to go down in flames on this case. Hello, I'm Paula Newton, live in a very snowy New York City. This is State of America Tonight. Now, a snowy day also in Washington. Yes, a snow day in Washington. It interrupts all business at the White House. And all of those public events have been canceled for the day. And yeah, you know what that means. The president has time on his hands. Time to tweet, to stew over that Mueller probe, and also to look for the source of a West Wing leak. The Washington Post is reporting that Trump's much-criticized Congratulatory call to Vladimir Putin on his election. Turns out his national security team told him not to do it. Seriously, they wrote it, even in all caps, do not congratulate. It was in the briefing materials. And now sources tell CNN that the president is absolutely infuriated by the fact that someone leaked that. Republican Senator Marco Rubio shares his anger. No, I don't like he did it, but you know what I like even less? That there's somebody close to him leaking this stuff out. If you don't like the guy, quit. But to be this duplicitous and continue to leak things out, it's dangerous. And um, so I don't like what he did, but I really hate that there's someone in his inner circle that's willing to leak this stuff. And, and if you don't like working for the president, you should resign your job. Rubio's Democratic colleague, Ben Cardin, says leaks shouldn't be tolerated, but neither should celebratory calls to people like Putin. I don't think that that should be leaked, but not lose focus of what the president of the United States did. He congratulated Mr. Putin on his elections. That's so much against the values and interests of America to promote democracy and free and fair elections. And the Republican chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee is this. Uh, I think uh, Putin's a criminal. Uh, you can, what he did in Georgia, what he did in Ukraine, what he's done in the Baltics. What he's done, in, what he what he's done in in London, uh, uh, poisoning people with nerve gas—that's a criminal activity. I wouldn't have a conversation with a criminal. Now you can bet Donald Trump is still defending that phone call, though. We'll have more on that in a moment. But it is the president's willingness to talk to Putin and his seeming reluctance to ever call him out that has sparked criticism. And it's done that long before yesterday's chat. Now, one former CIA director—you need to listen to this—has a theory about why Trump strikes a softer tone with Putin. I think he's afraid of the president of Russia. Why? Um, well, I think one can speculate as to why, uh, that the Russians may have something on him personally, uh, that they could always roll out and make his life more difficult. The Russians, I think, have had long experience with, with Mr. Trump and uh, may have things that uh, they could uh, expose. Something reveal. personal, perhaps? Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay, and speaking of personal... Yep, the president's personal life is in the headlines again. I know, I know what you're thinking. It's old news, right? 
No, it's not. He's facing multiple claims of misconduct from a porn star, a former contestant from his Apprentice reality show, and a former Playboy playmate. Karen McDougall, the former playmate, alleges she had a 10-month affair with Donald Trump, and now she, too, is suing to get out of her non-disclosure agreement so she can talk about it. But her deal was not with Michael Cohen, the president's attorney. It was with American media, uh, the owner of the National Inquiry. McDougall's lawyer now explains what this is about. To be clear, she knew that they were buying her story, and she knew that the National Enquirer was not going to publish it, but she had no idea that she wasn't going to be able to respond to, uh, to press inquiries. And for those who believe McDougal is speaking out in an effort to hurt the president, listen to her attorney. Karen is a Republican. She voted for the president. She holds no ill will. If ever there were a case that was not motivated by naked politics, it's this one. She, she does not want publicity. She's going to do this interview. She's going to tell her truth. And then you're not going to see her again. Okay, that comes as Stormy Daniels' inter- interview, her interview with 60 Minutes and Anderson Cooper will reportedly air this Sunday. And the adult film actress has a message for those in and out of the White House who want to keep her quiet. In a tweet, Daniel said, among other things, P.S., I'm not going anywhere. For all of this, we want to bring in Caitlin Collins. Yes, it is a snow day. It does not seem like it, but it is giving the president a heck of a lot more time to tweet. He just tweeted a few more a few moments ago, again, defending uh, his call to President Putin. Yeah, Paula, he certainly did. He was uh, pushing back against the backlash in Washington that came out about yesterday after he told reporters in the Oval Office that he had, in fact, congratulated Putin on his recent election victory. We are hearing for the president for the first time on this specifically. And he tweeted, said that he did call Putin. He did call him to congratulate him. He said that in the past, Obama called him also. He said the fake news media is crazed by this. And then he goes on to say they are wrong. Getting along with Russia and others is a good thing, not a bad thing. And then he says they can help solve problems with North Korea, Syria, Ukraine, ISIS, Iran, and even the coming arms race. Bush tried to get along but didn't have the smarts. Obama and Clinton tried but didn't have the energy or the chemistry. Peace through strength. So the president there is defending congratulating Vladimir Putin, especially that comes in light of criticism, not just from the media, but also from his own members of his own party, including Senator John McCain, who criticized the president not for having dialogue with Russia, which seems to be what the president is pushing back there on those in those tweets. But in his statement, McCain directly said that he did not believe that Trump should call Putin and congratulate him on what he considered a sham victory. Now, That is in response to the response of the president congratulating Putin. But we've also reported that the president has been furious over the fact that it leaked that his national security advisors guided him in those briefing materials ahead of that call with Putin not to congratulate Putin on his recent election victory. And they said, as The Washington Post first reported last night, that it was written in all capital letters in those briefing materials. But the president went forward, congratulated him anyways, and now the White House is dealing with the fallout from that and the, uh, the notion that someone in a very small group of circle who would have access to those briefing, you, briefing materials has made it public here. 
So but to be clear here, Paula, we are not completely cl clear if the president has read these briefing materials before he did make that phone call to Putin, because as we've reported over the last 14 or so months since he's been in office, the president also often follows his own path when he makes these calls to foreign leaders and doesn't necessarily go line by line with what he's told to do by his national security team. But the point is, this has leaked staffers in the White House are furious about this, including the chief of staff, John Kelly, who was, uh, we are told, was going to address that with staff today, the idea that something so sensitive like this could be leaked out to the media just shortly after the president confirmed that it actually happened here, Paula. Yeah, it's interesting that now the leak has become the story, uh, perhaps even eclipsing what Donald Trump actually said uh, in the Oval Office. Uh, Caitlin, no snow day for you. Thanks so much for that update. Appreciate it. Now, Mr. Trump has been warned to leave him alone by politicians on both sides of the aisle. But the president is going after special counsel Robert Mueller on Twitter yet again. We'll talk to our panel about that and Russia and more. White House leaks, scandalous lawsuits, and a Russia investigation. Yeah, no matter how hard that president tries, it just won't go away. Yep, a lot of pressure at the White House these days. And yes, what a surprise. He's tweeting again to vent. Andre Bauer is here with us. He's CNN political commentator and former lieutenant governor of South Carolina. Susan Del Percio is Republican strategist and director at Susan Del Percio Strategies. Jake uh, McAbee is a former Obama administration official and former Hillary Clinton campaign policy advisor, and Ryan Lizza, a CNN political analyst. Thank you all. I mean, look, we can try Let's try and deal with the substance first, shall we? I know that's a really difficult please, thing to do. Please, please, please. But, <laughs> Susan, okay, well, when you come, you know, the, the president just treat, tweeted about it again, and he's saying to himself, what is so wrong with me meeting with the Russian president? What is so wrong with us wanting to get along with Russia? He's been, I have to say, he's been consistent. He has said that all along. So does he not have a point that it... He, he might as well give it a try. There's nothing wrong with him meeting with Putin. As a matter of fact, that's probably a good thing. But how he goes about doing it and how he allows people to do their job to set up the right man, tone and location and under what circumstance, what they should be talking about. He doesn't go into the details. He's not prepared. He thinks everything could be fine. With Putin, oh, don't worry about Syria. You know, we'll, let's we'll just talk it out. You know, we can we'll hug out Syria. Like that's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's, I mean, but that's that's quite the way he, there. he believes that his he is the master of relationships and deal making. That's not how deals get made at this level. Yeah. Things are too serious for at this time, and we can't rely on that. Jake, as someone who's worked in in, in a an administration that seems like so long ago now, the Obama administration. But in terms of the fact that, look, he was given something in his briefing documents, it doesn't really matter if he read it or not. He decided that he was going to congratulate the president anyway. He wanted to do that. How harmful is it, or is it just more harmful because it was leaked? Well, there are a lot of problems here. It's certainly harmful because it's part of a pattern from Donald Trump that he's uh, much more congratulatory toward people like Vladimir Putin, Duterte in the Philippines, uh, Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, than traditional allies uh, in, in Mexico and Canada um, and other places around the world. So that's sort of part of the problem. The other part uh, is that this leak is a real problem. It is a real problem when people at the upper echelons um, of a White House, particularly in a, a national security situation, are leaking information. Now, this is also part of a much larger pattern where senior advisors to the President of the United States, uh, everyone from cabinet officials to family members, 
seem to plant these stories all over the place every time that there's a decision saying, well, I, I had cautioned him against this, I advised him against this, trying to remove themselves from this decision. And that's the whole thing, right? They've got their flack up and they're saying, I yeah, But at the same here. time, I mean, I don't disagree. I don't agree with the president very often. But on this issue, he yeah. should be angry. This is a sec- national security a national issue. Security so he should issue. be angry. Andre, I know you're dying to get in here, but what we're going to do first is listen to former CIA director. Let me repeat that. CIA director, the person who actually saw the dossier, the alleged dodgy dossier that came in from, from Russia, uh, is now saying this um, about Donald Trump. Take a listen. I do believe that there are individuals within the White House, the national security staff, and also within the Congress that are looking at Mr. Trump, seeing that he's acting more and more like a a cornered uh, animal uh, and lashing out uh, whatever way he can. And who knows what uh, that cornered animal uh, will do once they really see the threat to to their survival. Andre, as much as I I, I know you want to dismiss him, he is a former CIA director. Just the language that he is used... Can you really dismiss him that easily? I can. Because to, to say he's back in the corner, he's not back in the corner. We elected somebody that was a change agent. So many folks like me are tired of all these deal cutters that, 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 that let everybody in Washington dictate policy. The people of this country, so many of them that came out for Donald Trump, wanted somebody to go in there, not to listen to CIA directors or other members of the Senate or House. They wanted somebody. They were so fed up with the system. They were willing to overlook a lot of things because they wanted somebody that was going to fight anybody and everybody to take on the big boys. And it's a time when, look, for him to go in there and, and, and be nice to Vladimir Putin as a congratulatory call, I sat down one time uh, with a, one of the worst dictators in the world. And after, you know, I didn't start out the conversation. You personally? Not with Putin. Who are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> Very Castro. Are we making news here? I sat down with Castro. And when I sat down with Castro, I didn't start the conversation out telling him how bad he was. Look, I think he's one of the worst ever. And he has ruined what was such an unbelievable opportunity for a country in the 50s. Nonetheless, the conversation got heated later on, but I got credibility with him to okay, at least engage. Okay, that's what happened in this call. Ryan, get in here. First of all, we need to do a separate segment on your uh, <laughs> Castro meeting. But, look, no, nobody's arguing that there's something wrong with an American president meeting with an, an adversary. It's the moment. Putin just allegedly tried to assassinate someone with banned chemical weapons in the U.K., and the president hasn't, he hasn't said a word about it. He put it, the White House put out a statement the president hasn't said a word. We are in the middle of an like investigation. A, a scorned, no, it, it, the, um, well, previous American presidents, when something like that hap- happened, they used to speak out. They used to be called the leader of the free world. And when uh, uh, people um, started to uh, uh, plunder democracy in a country, in an emerging democracy, American presidents used to speak out. They didn't sanctions. congratulate them. But... But so, so I don't disagree. I don't think anyone in this table disagrees about meeting with adversaries, working out issues. But to praise Russia in a tweet, as Trump just did an hour ago, as some kind of peacemaker on the world stage that is going to unlock all these problems at this moment, after this this chemical weapons attack in the UK, in the middle of the investigation into the the meddling in our democracy, a, we, a few days after he is elected in a sham election. But that is not the but, moment to praise I would just say, like, Putin. politically, too, like, just take, take it out of the operational and put it in under the political lens. It doesn't make sense yeah. either. <laughs> because this every time there's an opportunity for the president to kind of condemn Russia, 
it would be a way of actually easing and tampering down all of the Mueller investigations and collusions because he would take a stand. When he doesn't do what is necessary to address a world leader such as Putin and congratulate him on an election where we're the leaders of fair, free and fair elections. This is part of the you problem. don't have to address the election specifically. You can say hello, you can have niceties, but you don't congratulate him on an election where he has killed people who wanted to run against him, and he's jailed people who's running against him. This is part of the problem is that Donald Trump doesn't seem to understand still that he speaks for the United States of America. He is still speaking only for himself and only for his narrow interests from one sentence to the next. Okay, but if I may say something, we're all at 35,000 feet, right? When we get to five feet, about where I stand, um, you know, politically, people are saying... It doesn't matter. We don't we can't follow the Mueller investigation. Why aren't we talking to Putin? Does it not at times just get as basic as that? And he's already convinced that he is speaking not just to his base, but to that sliver in the middle as well. That would be delusional. I mean, I'm I think that in his mind, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it is he ignores some of the more sophisticated arguments that are that are made about the things that and, and criticisms that are uh, made against him. And he does actually play to this sort of 35, 40 percent that generally stick with him. Uh, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have that 35,000 foot conversation and point out um, when he's not doing what normal American presidents have done in very right. recent and history. Paul, to the point, you know, we were Last discussing time. in the green room. Most pe- everyone would agree this leak was horrible and, and th- believes as that a, a president. I'm not sure I'm there with you on that. <laughs> okay. But that is, as, a, as an operational procedure, it was bad and it was wrong and should never happen to any president. The problem is, is Donald Trump sees that as not as a problem that shouldn't happen to any president. Okay. He makes it about himself. Okay, and I need to leave it there. Yes, buckle up, people. A porn star, a playmate, and an apprentice walk into law offices. Yep, all with cases against the president. No script, no joke. We're going to talk when we come back. Why is it so important to your friend and the president of the United States to keep this woman under wraps, to keep her under the thumb, to shut her up? Right. Why is it so important? You know, well, let I, me I can tell you, I can no, tell let you why finish. it's Let me important. finish. Let me finish. I can, I can tell you. Why, why is that so important? Well, let's answer why that not, question first. Why not let her well, come forward? Let me answer forward. your question. It's let, important. Why not let her it's come forward? It's important to every why, single why person that enters into a non-disclosure agreement. Okay, let's explain. An attorney representing President Trump's personal lawyer debating the finer points of the law with an attorney for a former porn star who allegedly had an affair with Donald Trump. Let's discuss. Now, Andre, you're going to tell me, look, this is idle gossip. Why are, why, why is this matter? And yet I point, say to you, why doesn't this matter? <laughs> it's just... I would say this. I don't know if it happened or didn't happen. And when I elected Donald Trump, I wasn't electing... A flawless candidate. I didn't think I was. What would matter was if it was done on public property while he was the president of the United States. It would then matter if this was being done in the White House. But this was before Notice he I was elected. Something that's already happened. This was before <laughs> this gentleman was elected, and people knew Donald Trump. He was vetted very thoroughly on issues of this nature that was brought up. But what I, if I she would, was threatened while Donald by a proxy of Donald Trump while Donald Trump was president? That would, that's, that's actually a viable reason to, to have the discussion. I don't know that she was, but she's I probably looking for that. any reason to be relevant right now. 
I would also argue that there's a bigger issue here about Donald Trump's trustworthiness and honesty, because it's not as if he has said, this happened, we all know about it, let's move on. He continues to say that these 25-odd women who accuse him of sexual assault and sexual harassment are all liars. But, but all that came up before they I sat on this out. stage right here when somebody dropped a word that I would never say in public and said, this is what they said, and my, you can see my face be a, 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 extremely alarmed, but nonetheless, that was all prior to the election. But he continues to say that none of these things happened, and in fact, even the tape that you're talking about, he started saying, well, maybe this wasn't really me, maybe this was a lookalike in the tape. And, and, and the point is, is he trying to silence women? Uh, Ryan. I think there's one important point that does get lost in these conversations that what you said just reminded me of. You talked about the, the women that accused him of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Those are very serious claims. And if any of those women are suing the president, I think those should be in a different category. What we have here is a consensual relationship, 11 years old, and two alleged. people that... Alle alleged. <laughs> I think we all pretty much agree it probably happened. But it's uh, alleged. And uh, they entered into this you know, non-disclosure agreement. So it's, at its core, it's this fight over a non-disclosure agreement. And I do think it's not fair to, to lump in that with these other cases. I think, you know, frankly, Stormy is trying to glom on to those women who were actual victims of Trump. She was not victimized in that way. At least there's no allegation, allegation uh, as such. And so I think her and her lawyers are sort of using Trump's kind of you know, shady past w w with women to be that help as it their may, though, it does contract paint the, claim. It paint, paint the picture of a person who's now the president doing anything he can, uh, legally and otherwise, Absolutely. to silence women. I want to point out, too, that Laura McDougal, who's the former playmate, will have an interview here on CNN uh, tomorrow. Um, now, her lawyer claims, look, she's just there to speak the truth. But, but again, does it not come to that issue of the fact that these women are being silenced. And we are, you know, even the Access Hollywood tape was before the Me Too, Me Too movement. No, I, actually on that, these women all agreed to sign on to these non-disclosure forms. I mean, once you do that, you are an active participant in that, and you know what that basically means. Now, in the case of the, the Playboy, the Playmate, she said that she wasn't aware that her story would never be told. She just sold it. Well, I can sell you a script and you could choose never to produce it. It doesn't mean that I wasn't I was denied my ability to show a movie. And that's that. So that's different. I think very much so. But they've changed now under after the Me Too movement that that, that is an argument that they're using. But that part, I don't think, is viable. Plus, I, just, just let me Donald Trump. Just let me, interrupt, let me interrupt for a second, because we do want to get to another point about this. And the fact is the uh, first first lady. Um, saying again, uh, having to sit there and have a roundtable on substantive issues. I want to go to the split screen here where y you sit there and you see the first lady. She's starting to engage this, on this issue on intern on cyberbullying. Right next to it are the pictures of Stormy Daniels uh, in her polygraph test. I, I mean, Susan, I have to go to you first. What about it? How, how much I humiliation for her? I don't understand. I mean, there's probably certain reasons why she's staying in this relationship, but it has got to be depressing, and it also has to be humiliating. And I also wonder about the president who has a legal problem with Mueller, and now this at home. He has no stability in his life, and that's horrible, but I especially feel okay, for sorry, Melania. I, I have to take a pause here now because we do have some breaking news. We want to tell you um, that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has finally broken his silence over that data breach with Cambridge Analytical. My entire panel is already saying about time. Now, you can watch this exclusive interview tonight on CNN, 1 a.m. London time. Just moments ago, though, Zuckerberg took to Facebook for his first comments about the scandal. 
He is promising new measures. Brian Stelter is here for more. Brian, quite a story in the sense that most of us have been wondering what took him so long. Right, right. This was something that broke on Friday night, five days ago. Now, for the first time, Zuckerberg is personally addressing the controversy, which I think became a lot bigger than he or his colleagues expected. So in a long blog post on his Facebook page, Zuckerberg says that the company is taking specific steps to address what went wrong here. He says he's looked into the problem. He says most of the issues have already been resolved because the way that Cambridge Analytica took data back in 2014 is not possible today anyway. The rules had already changed on Facebook. But he says the company does want to go further to earn the trust of users. For example, by tightening up on the way that other outside websites access Facebook data. You know, whenever you log on to a website nowadays, it might say you can log in with Facebook. That's going to become more restrictive. But this statement, uh, it's quite hedged. It's quite legal. Uh, there's not much in the way of a, an apology. What you hear is a CEO trying to hold on to his main business model, which is harvesting data from users while trying to reassure them their data isn't being misused. Uh, later today, our colleague Lori Siegel will interview Zuckerberg out at Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, California, and that's going to air on AC 360, yeah, and uh, you 9 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. Yeah, and you definitely, and all around the world, in fact, you do not want to miss that interview. Brian Stelter, thanks so much for all that context. This is State of America. We will see you right back here again tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.